Live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's special Valentine's Day show, Kiss and Tell. May the narrative be with you. All I ever wanted was to be loved. It started with my dad. He was a lawyer and had all the power in the family, and I just wanted to please him, so I tried to be like him. My dad was obsessed with books, so I was too. My dad slathered Dijon mustard on everything he ate, so I did too. My dad totally disrespected my mom, and all women for that matter, so I did too. Uh, I just, I tried so hard to earn his love, but he was emotionally distant, and it was just never enough. My dad's name was David, and that was also the name of my second love, David Cassidy. <laughs> I was 11 years old, and the highlight of my week was Friday night watching him perform on The Partridge Family. I had his posters all over my bedroom walls, and at night I would lie in bed and imagine him gazing at me with total adoration while he sang, I think I love you. <laughs> and then when I was 12, my dad got a lot more religious, and suddenly we were not allowed to watch television on the Jewish Sabbath, which starts on Friday night, Partridge Family Night. This was 1972, long before DVRs and DVDs, so this was devastating. This was really a tragic loss. <sighs> uh, as we got older, my siblings and I, um, there was uh, more rules, there was Hebrew school, and, and then as we started dating, we were not allowed to go out with anyone who was not Jewish. This was to prevent any possibility of the worst possible outcome, marrying outside the tribe. God forbid, God forbid. This rule did not go over very well with me um, because in my opinion, the sexiest guys were not Jewish. Uh, so there was definitely, with a few exceptions, I'm sure, in this room, but um, <laughs> um, anyway, there was definitely some sneaking around going on. Eventually, I grew up, left the house, started getting involved with guys on my own terms, and uh, that did not go so well. Um, there was the totally hot rock musician who I worked my butt off to try and look good for all the time, and whose rent I ended up paying just to get him to treat me nicer. Didn't work. Um, there was the, uh, the wild animal trainer who um, I pretended I was okay with the fact that um, he was living with his other lover, who was a gorgeous belly dancer. <laughs> and there was the um, Ivy League art professor who was constantly criticizing me for being too unsophisticated or too wild or too spiritual in ways that he didn't get. So, I mean, all my relationships, I ended up hiding myself and hating myself. And by the time I got into my 40s, I was, I was done. All I ever wanted was to be loved, but I was like, screw it. If I have to work so hard to earn someone's love, I'd rather be alone. So I decided to have a relationship with myself. <laughs> I figured my dad would approve because I was Jewish. So. 
Um, so, but then as I started to do that, I realized I, I really didn't even know myself. I had spent so much of my life kind of twisting and contorting myself to please men that I really had no idea who I was. So I went on this process of self-discovery and I took myself on dates and I journaled a lot and I was always questioning, am I interested in this? Do I like this? And it was very revealing. I learned a lot. Like, um, I learned that it cheers me up to dance wildly in my room to ABBA. So, and um, I learned that I am not interested in having kids. And <laughs> I learned that um, I actually do not like Dijon mustard. So, um, so this, I was, uh, even though I was alone, I was, I was pretty happy during this period. And a few years into it, I was at a spiritual conference and I met a guy. His name was, any guesses? David. David. You guys are really smart. Um, <laughs> this was actually my sixth David by now, so. <laughs> Daddy issues, anyone? I don't know. So, um, Anyway, David was a meditation teacher and a uh, psychotherapist, and he was sweet and smart and funny and sexy, and we had such great chemistry. And so for this David, I broke my dating ban, and we got involved. And it was amazing. We had so much in common, and we, we both loved deep discussions about the evolution of divine consciousness that would end with us laughing hysterically. Um, we... <laughs> We loved um, long mornings in meditation after we had um, hidden each other's iPhones. That's really important. Um, and uh, we loved late night dancing in the gluten-free aisle at Whole Foods. <laughs> they put on Motown late at night, it's fun. Um, more important, we hated the same things. That's very important in a relationship. So we both hated narcissistic spiritual teachers and, yeah, boo. And, uh, <laughs> We hated uh, people who eat their popcorn too loud in the movies. And uh, we both really hated George W. Bush. I would give anything to have Bush back in the White House today. So. so David was amazing, but David was not Jewish. In fact, he was Christian. But he wasn't a, what would Jesus do, bracelet wearing Christian. <laughs> he was a contemplative Christian mystic who had lived as a monk for 12 years, a celibate monk. Um, but uh, it was okay. I mean, David actually had a natural affinity for Jews and Judaism. In other words, he was psychosemitic. <laughs> and... Uh, so um, there, both of us at that point um, were more spiritual than religious, so there really wasn't any conflict. And my dad had died by then, um, so, which made it a little more comfortable for me to have a serious boyfriend. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, David was so easy to be with. It was amazing. It was the first time in my life I had ever felt like safe enough to relax and be myself with a guy. Like, I hadn't even known that was possible. It was weird. I remember the early on in our relationship, um, we went to see an astrologer for a compatibility chart. We were living in Boulder, and that's what you do there. So, um, and she said, oh my God, you guys are incredible together. And, and 
And she showed David like all the ways that I would be good for him. And there were so many, I mean, I would be good for his um, health and for his career and for his creativity and his vitality. And I mean, it just, it went on and on. There were a million things. And then she looked at me and she said, David's gonna be good for you in one way. David's gonna give you unconditional love. And he did. Uh, I would be in my room dressed in my schlubbiest sweats, wearing my dorky glasses, no makeup, look like shit, dancing wildly to Mamma Mia, <laughs> and he would come in, and I'd be like, get out, you can't see me like this, get out. And he wouldn't get out, he would just stay and just gaze at me with total adoration and say, you are so beautiful, I love you so much. And I would look at him and say, what is wrong with you? Because <laughs> here's the thing. It's really hard to receive that kind of love when you're not giving it to yourself. I knew all my flaws, and I knew I didn't deserve that kind of love. Uh, I remember the first time we went to LA to be with my family for Passover, and we were in the kitchen with my mom, who uh, I've always had a very challenging relationship with. She's not the most loving person in the world. And um, she was criticizing me, as she was wont to do, and just nagging me about so many things, nagging me about not giving her a grandchild, and my hair being too big, and, uh, you know, that I brought my own gluten-free matzah instead of eating her matzah. It was just on and on and on. I mean, it was just, and I was just like sick of it. And it was like, it was like a time machine suddenly appeared because all of a sudden I was 15 years old again. And I was totally triggered and I just blew up. And I was like, why do you always have to be so annoying? I wish I hadn't even come home. And I like stormed out of the room. <sighs> well, David had, seen this whole episode and I was mortified, totally ashamed because I realized, oh my God, now David knows how obnoxious I really am. That's my true self coming out and he's gonna get on a plane and fly away and that's the last time I'm gonna see him. But that's not what happened. Um, we were in the guest room and he just, we sat down, we just talked it out and he helped me process and he gave me a big hug and we laughed and it was amazing. I mean, he was able to see and accept my wounded parts in a way that allowed me to accept my wounded parts, in a way that then allowed me to soften enough to start to accept my mom's wounded parts, of which there were many, <laughs> and <laughs> to the point where I was able to go back into the kitchen and say, I'm so sorry I yelled at you, Mom. Can I make you some lunch? And by the time she died, a few years later, our relationship had completely transformed. David and I have been together 13 years now, married for seven. And it just keeps on getting better. Um, it's, I find it very easy to love him unconditionally. And for anyone who knows how critical I can be, that's a friggin' miracle. <laughs> And it's getting easier for me to accept his love. Uh, you know, it's just been relentless. It's like a sledgehammer, it never stops. I mean, it's just like he, it's just he wore me down. I mean, resistance is futile. But I have to realize that, 
and feel that I deserve it and give that love to myself. It helps to be reminded in meditation that the very source of our being is love. Hello. And um, it also helps to have a really good therapist. <laughs> All I ever wanted was to be loved. It turns out I needed a true beloved to reveal to me the love that was inside me all the time. Love that I could tune into when I screw up and when I feel like shit and when I'm just having a hard time being human. Thank God I found David, whose name in Hebrew, by the way, means beloved. Thank you. <laughs>